Hello, welcome to The Lift Podcast. My name is Angela Withers. Today we're going to be talking about academic success, and this could be academic success for ourselves or for our children. If you go onto our website, liftmindbodyspirit.com, you will find a PDF principle that you can purchase and download that you can print out that will go along with the topics that we will cover in this podcast. I'll be referring to root truth principles that will govern the content that I'm sharing about academic success today. If you listen to our previous podcast series, The Solid Roots Produce Sweet Fruits, and there's also a free printable on our website that goes along with that, you'll have a better understanding of these root truth principles and why they are very important for us to understand and apply in our lives to produce good results. So in our society today, we have a very traditional education system that's been set up, but I think we have been a little slow to change some of the traditions that we've been used to around education, and COVID has definitely put many of us in a state where we've stopped and begun to rethink how we're educating And truly, that's only happened because there's been this big wrench thrown into our regular tradition. For me personally, I had a wrench thrown into my idea of traditional education many years ago when my first daughter was young and we were preparing to send her to kindergarten. And my conscience just kept directing me that I needed to homeschool. And that was a rough thing for me to even allow that thought to stay in my mind. Because it was very foreign to my tradition in my own mind. So I had to start really evaluating some of my own beliefs and figuring out, do I I just believe that this is the best way to educate? Because that's the only way that I've known, just out of tradition. And I started trusting my conscience and following that instruction or that prompting to homeschool. And since then, we've tried all sorts of different schooling options, and it has been so cool. I've actually found a lot of things that we've really loved. We've tried a couple things that we were like, oh, we're okay with that, but it wasn't our favorite. It's changed the the beliefs that I've had in my mind about education, and I wanted to share that today. Over all these years, the most important thing that I've learned, the absolute most important thing that I've learned when it comes to my education and the education of my children is that the most important thing we can do is allow our conscience to lead our education. Let God be the determining factor and determining motivator for us and for our children to learn. It's amazing how motivated and inspired and focused they can be when they have received their own guidance from God about what they should be learning. The Spirit of God, the light of Christ, or the Holy Ghost And obviously the Holy Ghost and the light of Christ are two separate things, but they're all this spiritual power that emanates from God. And those influences are the strongest teachers that we have here in our mortal life. And what I discovered is that the traditional education system 
wasn't even incorporating the most powerful teachers. There's opposition in all things, as we know. That's one of our root truth principles. We can see the negative effects that COVID has had. But on that opposite end, we can see some of the positive things that have come from COVID. And I believe one of the things that is very positive that's come from COVID is it has made us stop and evaluate some of our traditions. Anytime that we've been continually following a tradition, we often are in a rut and we don't even recognize that we're in a rut. And it takes some kind of jolt or something different coming in to kind of bounce us out of that rut and all of a sudden we get this glimpse of higher ground or different approaches or different ways that we can do things and we can look back down at that rut and how it's moving forward or maybe the depth of it or the sides of it and we realize that that tradition that we've been following for a long time although some things have been good about it it's also kept our sights very limited to where we haven't been able to recognize that they're is higher ground. There are greater things. And that brings to mind the scripture in Isaiah where God says that my ways are higher than man's ways. My ways are not your ways. Unfortunately, it is the traditions of man that often keep our sights limited that we don't even recognize there are higher ways that can bring us closer to God. President Russell M. Nelson and sister Wendy Nelson, his wife, I just love this devotional that they give that they gave this was in um, 2018 and it was titled the hope of israel and i wanted to share some things in there that sister nelson in particular spoke about sister nelson says the prophet joseph smith taught that if you could gaze into heaven for five minutes you would know more on a topic than if you studied it all of your life so just imagine if you could gaze for 10 minutes at your pre-mortal life I believe if you could see yourself living with your heavenly parents and with Jesus Christ, if you could observe what you did premortally and see yourself making commitments, even covenants, with others, including your mentors and teachers, if you could see yourself courageously responding to attacks on truth and valiantly standing up for Jesus Christ, I believe that every one of you would have the increased power, increased commitment, and eternal perspective to help you overcome any and all of your confusion doubts, struggles, and problems. All of them. I believe if you could remember who you said you would help while you were here on the earth, or what anguishing experiences you agreed to go through, that whatever really tough situation you are presently in, or will be in, you would say, oh, now I remember, now I understand, this difficult situation makes sense to me now. With the Lord's help, I can do this. She then says, what if we came to earth and we were given a scroll and this scroll listed five things that we were to do while we were here on earth? I'm going to go to some of her words here as she talks about these five things, but there's one in particular I wanted to talk about that goes along with academic success. And this is the fifth item that she has on the list. Right, this is in her words. Now, here is a fifth item on your list. Find and fulfill your mortal missions. My dear friends, premortally, you and I were each given wonderful missions to fulfill while we are here on earth. We have opportunities to fulfill our mortal missions, but we don't have to. No one will make us. We have our agency to choose how we spend our time and energy, our talents and resources. In fact, what we choose to do is actually part of our testing. The choice is yours and mine. 
Will we choose to do whatever it takes to fulfill the wonderful missions for which we were sent to earth? I'm going to step back in time now to when we first started homeschooling, and I had these packets that could teach phonics, all the phonics principles that I could teach my children, and we were going through with my two oldest two oldest children, and we were helping them learn all those phonics, and so I was sitting down with them working on those phonics during the day, and they would just barely plunk away. It just seemed like we were like walking through quicksand to just trying to help them understand these principles. So they're sounding out these er, at, er, at, er, at, rat, you know, how they do that when they're young. And that's essential, right, for them to learn these phonics principles. But I always thought it was so strange because my husband would get home in the evening and we would sit down and read scriptures together and they're reading nevertheless. And I was like, how did we go from barely sounding out rat to suddenly sounding out nevertheless or it just coming out of them it just was so crazy to see them jump from this low reading level to this high reading level in a matter of hours that seemed really really interesting to me and I knew there was something else there and so if you remember that I talked about the Holy Ghost and the light of Christ being the greatest teachers definitely the Holy Ghost the greatest teachers that we have here in this mortal life. And it started making perfect sense to me that if I could include the greatest teacher in our education efforts, my children would be able to learn at a very rapid pace. So I started doing that a lot more. We still did our phonics so that they could understand all the principles, but we spent a lot more time reading books that, as we're counseled in the Doctrine and Covenants, the best books seek words of wisdom out of the best books, seek learning by study and faith. So at that point, I started trying to find what I deemed were the best books, what I felt like my conscience and the Holy Ghost could confirm to me that these were some of the best books to use. And if I knew that I was teaching them good, true, beautiful things, that the Spirit could attend that and they could learn at a faster pace. I hear myself saying a faster pace, but that wasn't necessarily what was motivating me. I didn't want them to just regurgitate information. I wanted it to go all the way deep down into their souls, that that they retained that knowledge and that understanding because a power greater than me was able to really deliver it deep into their minds and their spirits. And so then I knew if we wanted to have that kind of learning, the Holy Ghost had to be present. And not just present, but the Holy Ghost had to be the teacher. So let's go ahead and bring this all together, what I've been speaking about. As Sister Nelson said, we were given four ordained missions. We were given mortal missions to accomplish here while we were in this life. And made covenants even with God or with others that we would fulfill those missions. I don't know what those missions are for my children. But the Holy Ghost does. One of the responsibilities of the Holy Ghost is to bring all things to our remembrance. Once the Holy Ghost can start planting it in their heart and bringing to their remembrance the covenants that they made of the missions they would fulfill on this earth, you can't hold them back. Their desire to learn all that they need to learn so they can fulfill that mission is so strong. They are so motivated. It doesn't take external rewards of grades or 
treats or whatever for them to be motivated to do their work or for them to be motivated to learn, it's so strong and comes from within. It's incredible to see. So for our family, we told our children when they were young, and this was before they were baptized, we told them that if the Holy Ghost would guide us as parents to homeschool, once they were baptized and they had reached that age of accountability and they had the Holy Ghost, it was their responsibility to go to God in prayer and talk with him and get instruction on their education and that we would be a support system for whatever that answer was and that instruction they received from Heavenly Father, that we as parents would help them to accomplish what that was or make it possible for them to do what God was guiding them to do. So I think that from an early age gave our children an understanding that education was their responsibility. There was a there was an ownership factor there, and this is where we put the principle of accountability into practice. Now, another thing that's important to understand, and this I saw very clearly, when we were homeschooling and our kids were young, oh, this happened over and over, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, so if you have time, please listen to the Solid Roots Produce Sweet Fruits series, podcast series, and that will definitely help you understand what I'm about to say. But if a child, and I noticed this so clearly, and since then I've been able to pick it up around so many other children that I've been around, whether it's at church or in a school setting or even just having kids over to play, I can recognize it so clearly now. But when a child sits down to learn, if they come to that learning environment and their spirit is whole, they don't have any problem learning. But when they come to that learning environment and their spirit is damaged, they will struggle learning. So how do you get a damaged spirit? And this is just my own words. I don't necessarily need to think that damage needs to be the term that I would use, but I want I want you to really picture that as a spirit that's not whole. And it could be if your conscience guided you that morning to do something and you ignored it, you come to that learning environment damaged. So let's say they, the child wakes up and they have the feeling from their conscience to make their bed, but they ignore it. And then they head off to school and they are sitting in class. They've already arrived with their spirit not in a state of being whole. When we don't follow our conscience, our spirit is damaged and needs to become whole again through the atonement of Jesus Christ, through recognizing that God gave us instruction and repenting, apologizing, God, I'm sorry that I did not follow what you asked me to do. And that doesn't mean that if if they recognize it and they're already halfway through their science experiment in school, but they recognize I'm not feeling quite right inside, and then they recognize my spirit is damaged because I had instruction from God this morning and I didn't follow it, they can repent right there and then in their heart in the middle of that class and just tell Heavenly Father, I'm sorry, and they can feel good again, even though their bed may not be made yet at home. If that makes sense, they can go back later and, and fix that. But identifying when we did or did not follow our conscience is an aligning back with our conscience recognizing when we hadn't, fixing that so we're back in alignment with our conscience, is what gives us a whole spirit. So a spirit that's been damaged can easily be made whole again through the atonement. And it's 
that simple. Another thing that can happen to damage a spirit is someone else not listening to their conscience that hurts us. So let's give another example. Let's say that one child in the family wakes up in the morning and has the feeling to make their bed, but they ignore that feeling that came from their conscience. And then they're out getting breakfast and they're already not quite feeling right inside because they've already ignored their conscience this, that morning. And then they give their other sibling a mean look or they say something mean or call them something mean. So then we have two children that are heading off to school, both with damaged spirits. One that became damaged because they didn't listen to their conscience and then continued not listening to their conscience. And then the second one was damaged because they were hurt by someone who didn't listen to their conscience. So then both siblings arrived to school in all this learning environment with a damaged spirit that hinders their ability to learn at an efficient pace. Over and over and over and over I have seen this where I can look at children if I'm helping in a classroom at school and I just think, oh, if I could just spend some time with you, helping you have your spirit become whole again, understanding how to use the atonement so Jesus Christ can make your whole, your spirit whole again, math would come. Math would not be such a challenge for you. And it's, it's really, this is what's motivating this podcast because it has, it's been kind of broken my heart to see how many children are walking around with damaged spirits and it could be made perfectly whole through the atonement of Jesus Christ and their ability to understand and learn academically would be magnified. I have said to a lot of people over the years when they've asked for advice about homeschooling, I've let them know that I feel like the most important thing that we've been learning in our family and that we've been learning through our education, especially during the years that we've homeschooled, the biggest thing we were focusing on is teaching each other how to use the atonement. That was the most important thing that we've been educated on over all these years because often I would feel like we didn't even get very far into a lesson or a subject before there was some argument that broke out and we would have to stop and we would have to go through identifying what our conscience had told each person involved and how we would retrace the steps to fix it and make it correct and make it right. But because of that process, it's become a very well-worn path. We have walked down that path so many times that when, when my children recognize that they're not feeling right inside, they know exactly what direction they need to go to feel better again. And it's retrace their steps, identify what their conscience had told them to do or not to do, and then really go through the steps of repentance and fix that. Other times it might be that one of their siblings didn't follow their conscience and hurt them and they recognize that they need to go to Heavenly Father in prayer and and pray for healing and then forgiveness for the other person and work that problem out. And again, once again, their spirit is restored to this state of wholeness that allows them to really soak up information and understanding, learn at a rapid pace and have a good attention span. Another root truth principle I wanted to cover in this podcast is the principle of accountability. And this goes back to us having those four ordained missions and recognizing what 
God is calling us to learn. There's a great book called Increase in Learning by Elder Bednar, and he actually made it into a three-part book, or there's three books in the in the series that goes along with it. But but I haven't even read the second two. I probably should at some point in time, but that first book was so good for me. It came at such a timely point. When I started understanding the principle of accountability and whoever pays the price for the education is the one who reaps the benefits. That's that accountability, that scale that we have. It's one of the root truth principles that children, if they are taking ownership over their education, they get far more results. There are way too many parents and teachers out there that are taking ownership for the children, for their education. And because the parents and the teachers are paying the price, the child can't ever reap the fruit or the benefit and the blessings that are associated because the child themselves didn't pay the price. To help illustrate this, I'm going to actually share some of the things that we've done in our home, some of the experiences that we've had with our kids and their education. And I want to start out by saying that um, a child recognizing and understanding their foreordained mission. So I'm going to call this conscience-led learning, when your conscience leads what you learn. And I believe it is the duty of the parents to, to instill within their children basic academic skills. The reading, writing. So even though I was seeing that our daughters could read at a much higher level in the scriptures, I wanted to make sure they still understood the basics of phonics. So we went through the basic program, but I put far more emphasis on that beautiful literature. We actually tried to put most of our emphasis on stories of people that were real, that followed their conscience, that that really took this path of conscience-led learning and fulfilled their foreordained missions, made great sacrifices, and had incredible miracles and blessings come because of that. It was very, very beautiful to study all of that together with our children and have them have these real-life examples of people who were allowing the Holy Ghost to be their teacher. So we made sure that they had their basic academic skills, their basic math skills, basic reading, writing skills, and then from there, we allowed the contents to really guide us into what are we going to delve into further. I usually sat down with our children and I would say, these are some of the things that I feel like we should study and learn. And I would like you to take this list and go pray about it and get some ideas. And if there's things on here that you feel like you want to cross off and there's other things to add, let's go ahead and do that. So, so we both went to Heavenly Father, got instruction, and then we came up with our curriculum from there. And there was one point in time, my oldest daughter was nine, and we had planned out our curriculum, and we just were following it the whole school year, right? Following this curriculum that we set as if the heavens were closed and there couldn't be further instruction that could come for the next nine months. (laughs) So we're following that. And after a while, I could see my daughter, who was nine, my oldest daughter, just seeming stressed out. And I thought, why is this? She's only nine. Why is she feeling such this such a stress? But I could see for a while that she was stressed. This went on for maybe a couple weeks. And finally, one day, she like tossed down her schoolwork and she said, Mom, I can't do it anymore. I think I asked her, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I can tell your spirit is damaged or it's not whole. I didn't say damaged, but I said, I could tell something's going on and you're not feeling whole. But she 
tossed down her schoolwork that she was holding. She's like, I can't do it anymore, mom. She's like, I'm doing history and Spanish. And she's listing off all these things that she's studying. She's like, and Heavenly Father just wants me doing family history. And it was just kind of this like, aha moment that, oh my goodness, why we need to be a lot more fluid. It was almost like we took that initial instruction and just built the rut, like got into the rut that this is what we felt like at the beginning of the year was the right thing. So we are staying in this rut and finishing it all the way, even though God wanted to continue to guide all of us, was definitely continuing to guide her and she could recognize that. And so for that point in time, I was like, okay, like look at your schedule and cross out what you think needs crossed out and put in family history. And she probably added family history back in and she spent maybe an hour every day on family history. This is so incredible as a nine-year-old. That was really, really surprising to me. I wouldn't have ever thought of that, but it was so cool. So she spent maybe the next, I don't know, maybe two or two months probably spending quite a bit of time doing family history along with the other basics that she felt like she should keep in. But she found so many f- temple names and she put together a binder with all of these stories of her ancestors and it was and we ended up making a, a big bulletin board in our schoolroom that had stories of all of our ancestors and quotes that they said that were very inspiring and it was just really touching something an experience that we would not have had had we remained closed off to that continued guidance and instruction that came from God coming to the mind and the heart of a nine-year-old. A couple other examples I wanted to share. So we have done full-on homeschooling. We have done online private school, which we just loved. It was actually through an LDS online private school, and it was so neat to hear their teacher as my daughters would be on their Chromebooks or devices, and I could hear her teaching about the creation and their science experiments. And it was just so amazing to me, just her bringing, their teacher bringing in the scriptures into all of their lessons. It was just really, really neat. So that was a very good experience doing the online private school. And then at one point in time, we felt very inspired and guided to do public school. And we had a great experience there. We've loved it that our kids created great friendships and and then I had a daughter who felt inspired that she wanted to do dual enrollment and so she did the first half she did health and math at home she did an online math class and then did health with me which I loved because I was able to put together a lot of the body stewardship stuff and have her involved with that and then she would go to school to public school for the rest of the day I think she started about ten forty-five, and then would be at public school the rest of the day and Honestly, I would say of all of the different um, schooling options and education options we've tried, that was my favorite. I loved dual enrollment. I felt like she got all the rest she needed. We weren't waking anybody up, you know, those mornings when it's the middle of the winter and it's still dark outside and you're, the kids are so groggy. You can tell they need sleep. You know that you need more sleep, but you're you having to wake everybody up, get them out of bed, and, and everybody's just moving slow because they're tired and it's cold outside. So I would say dual enrollment. I just loved it. I felt like it was very in harmony with circadian rhythm. Everyone got the rest they needed and, and it was a beautiful thing. And right now at this point in time, we're actually going to be moving across the country. And so right now we have, and with everything 
that has happened with COVID. There was a lot of online school options. And so right now we actually have our oldest daughter. She chose that she wanted to be in high school. She's loving it, has had a great experience um, being in high school. We have our two youngest are doing homeschool, and I'll talk about them in just a minute. And then our other older daughter is doing part online school and part homeschool. So right now we're in a stage where we're preparing to move across country and it just made a lot of sense for us to seek out options that could be online so we're there so we could continue with our education before and after a move. But what's interesting is my son woke up and came to me one morning really early and he had tears in his eyes and he said, "Mom, I had a dream that we were homeschooling." And he said, "And it just felt so right to me and I think God wants me to homeschool. It's just been so neat to let her children choose their education path. Even right now, they're all doing something different and we're learning from it. We're learning what things work and what things don't work so well. And it's just been really wonderful for them to have that accountability over their own education and not just not just accountability that they feel ownership, but they actually expect guidance from God to them personally about their education and they're receiving it. So right now our two youngest that are homeschooling, we are focusing on the basics that they need to have, their math, their spelling, their reading, their writing. But for their other subjects, it's kind of interesting. That's just been very customized by the spirit for them. One of our daughters has just really wanted to learn everything about horses and she would love to have a horse one day. So she has been studying and putting together a whole binder, clear full of notes, watching videos, reading books. And we've been just going to the library and getting more and more books about the things that she wants to learn about. And she's making her binder and it's all hers. It's just been really incredible. And she'll come and tell me, mom, did you know this? Mom, did you know that? It's just been really neat. But that has been her own thing. And another thing she's been really focusing on is plants and botany, but I've been helping her with that one because that was something the spirit guided me to, to research and understand and learn several years back. So I was like, yes, I can take that on and I'd be happy to help you learn everything you need to for that. And then horses, she's just full ownership over that. And then our son, and I'm going to tell a little story too with this. He kept waking up in the nights, just yelling in the nights. And it would maybe happen, I don't know, like once every couple weeks or something. But I was wondering, what is going on? Why is he not sleeping very well? And why is he yelling in the nights like he's having some kind of nightmare or something? And this was before he had had been baptized. And I was praying about it and just asking God, what is there, what do I need to know about this? What can I do to help him? How can we help him? And my husband gave him a blessing. And I had the answer come to my mind that that his spirit was actually feeling frustrated because the things he needed to learn to fulfill his foreordained mission, he was not learning. And it was around that time that he came to me too and said that he had had a dream and felt like we should homeschool or felt like he should homeschool in particular. So as we've been homeschooling, during one of our Sunday lessons, my husband had asked our children what things they thought they did in the our pre-mortal life, what they thought that environment might have been like. And when our son had a turn to share what his thoughts were, he said he, he felt like he probably helped take care of sheep in heaven. And I didn't really think much more of that 
But then later on, when he was praying and asking God what he should learn for homeschool, what things God wanted him to learn, he came to me and he said, Mom, I really feel like I should probably get dogs and learn how to train dogs, how to herd animals. (laughs) I was like, whoa, okay. That was not on my radar at all. So I was like, I clearly have not been giving him the resources he needs to learn these things. And if this is one of the aspects of his foreordained mission that he needs to know and understand and learn and and prepare for, then I haven't been giving him these skills. That totally wasn't even on my radar. So right now for homeschool, besides doing the basic academic work, um, our son is learning all about sheepdog training. And we found this resource from the UK where there's, there's this very skilled instructor who has put together all of these instructional videos of how to train dogs. And my son's been watching those videos and filling up his binder. And we've been going to the library and checking out books all about dogs. And he's been just reading them and just writing all of these notes. It's been incredible. And then he came to me and he said, Mom, I've got to figure out a way that I can make money so that I can buy the kind of dogs I want. (laughs) I was like, okay, I will help you figure out what you can do to start earning money to buy your dogs. So these are things that I would have never even thought of. And even my bank called me and they're like, we just wanted to make sure that this purchase was something you did because it was overseas from the UK and it's called the working sheepdog. Or is that a purchase you made? (laughs) I was laughing. I'm like, yes, that was ours. We were We are taking up sheepdog training right now. (laughs) I'm just blown away at the things that the Spirit has guided our children to learn and the passion they have about learning it. It's been so neat to see, but it's been something I would have never come up with. And I think if God is not part of the educational equation, then we are not preparing our youth for their foreordained missions. He's the one that knows what it is. He's the one that knows what they covenanted to do. He's the one that knows what their spiritual gifts are. And he's the one that knows how to prepare them best for those foreordained missions. So I I personally believe that everything that's been happening with COVID is an invitation for us to come up out of that rut, see things from higher ground, and invite God to be a huge part of the educational equation so our children can take full accountability of their own education because it's a conscience-led learning. It has been so interesting to try these different educational approaches and trust what the Spirit is guiding us to do and see this great fruit that comes. So even after we move, we are going to go tour the schools in the area and my kids are going to make it a matter of prayer and discussion with God to see what he wants them to do. If he wants them to do dual enrollment, if he wants them to do public school, full-time, if he wants them to continue homeschooling, if he wants us to look into other online options. The only criteria with our education that has remained consistent is that we allow God to lead it. And that's it. Other than that, we're very open to different educational approaches and and different educational subjects, obviously. <laughs> but it's been a very beautiful thing to have God guiding not only our children, but me in the things that he wants all of us to be learning. So we've also learned to trust the guidance that God has given us for our education in seasons too. And he may guide us to learn something for four months and then 
switch gears and have different instruction or different things that he needs us to learn for the next six months or whatever. But we've learned to just trust. And so the topics that we're studying change as we learn the things that he guides us to. And then it changes and we have the next instruction that he wants us to begin studying and learning about. As we've tried these different educational approaches and followed the guidance we've received from God, I wouldn't say that everything has always worked out very smoothly. We've definitely had hiccups along the way where we've recognized, okay, we need to make some changes here if we're going to be doing it this way, or we need to set things up differently this way. And um, that's been so good because I feel like that's been part of the learning process that's really helped us clearly identify root truth principles and how to apply them in our lives so that we are living in harmony with principles that are solid and good and bring good fruits and good results. Now, I know that some parents might be scared out there if they were to leave a traditional educational method. And I just want to say that there have been times where I've known I haven't had the right answers or I haven't given my kids everything they've needed with their especially math. I feel like that's not one of my strengths. It is one of my husband's strengths, but it's not one of my strengths. And um, there's definitely been times where I've known that I didn't have them as prepared as they needed to be with their math schoolwork. And it's, it's just been amazing. They may start public school or they may start an online thing and they're a little bit behind, but they've like, it's just been so cool to see them take ownership over that and spend extra nights at the table with, with my husband working on math or our oldest daughter struggled with one of her math classes and decided she wanted to do online math and do dual enrollment. And she spent so much time looking up videos on YouTube and Khan Academy to understand math principles and learning them herself. And it's just been so cool to see that whatever situation they've been in, even if they've struggled with a certain subject for a little while, they they master it. They work hard to understand it and and they end up with good grades. I'm just, I'm so impressed that I feel like that has been just no matter what, a tender mercy from Heavenly Father, that if we've trusted him, he makes up the difference. He makes up the difference for whatever we're lacking. I can testify of that because I know there's been a lot of gaps and there's been a lot of lacking, but he's always made up for them every single time. So my encouragement for everyone out there is to trust the guidance God is giving you when it comes to your own education and and help your children learn how to hear his voice and trust the guidance he's giving them for education. And I also wanted to say too that we've had good experiences in public school, in private school, in homeschool, in homeschool co-ops. It's been, there's just so many good people out there and so many good experiences and so many sweet teachers that I'm not against any one method at all. I'm actually open to all of them. But the thing that I feel is the most important that has been lacking is letting God lead that education. And when we let God lead that education, we can expect his help and his blessings to come upon us and deliver good results for us and our loved ones as we seek to be taught by him. So I invited my daughter Emery to come be on the podcast today and share 
some of the instructions that she's received from God and what she's been working on. It's a really exciting project that we wanted to share with everyone that she's felt guided to research and learn and understand. And it's been a very good thing that's really inspired all of us. So I am going to have Emery now share some of her experiences and the project she's been working on. This summer I was playing on a soccer league with my sister Julia and we were doing summer projects and working and I kept feeling like there was something more I needed to do. A couple months ago I had a dream where in that dream this lady came to me and told me to finish the work she started and I remember in the dream I know knew who it was and I knew how and what I needed to do but when I woke up I couldn't remember who it was or what I needed to do or how to do it. So we were researching people and looking up at the pictures and we finally found out who it was. It was Juana Azudui. We're not sure how to pronounce her name. So I started reading books about her and and reading books about other people that were like her and did things like what she did. I just want to put a note in here that Juana Azurduay, we, we don't know how to say her last name. <laughs> Maybe someone else speaks Spanish out there, they can let us know. She and her husband fought side by side and led armies to help free the indigenous people who had been brought into slavery in South America um, during a time period when Europeans had come in and taken over those countries. And before this, we didn't even know who she was. We hadn't even ever heard about her. So it was really neat to see all the research that Emery was doing and to kind of learn about it as a family as well. After we figured out who was in the dream, I started reading books about people in history like Abraham Lincoln, Joan of Arc, and understanding the Constitution and our personal rights and liberties. So after I had been reading books, we found a movie about her. In the movie, she was saying that after this war, there would still be slaves and slavery would still happen and still be going on. And so we looked up and we found out that there are still many slaves in the world today. And reading stories about people that are in slavery today, we decided to do a freedom workout. And for the money that is made of, off of the Freedom Workout, is going to go and help Operation Underground Railroad to help them rescue children that are in slavery today. Like I was saying, this summer I felt like I needed to do something more. And ever since I had that dream, I feel like I've grown closer to our Heavenly Father. And it's helped me understand what people are going through and how maybe I can help them with the Freedom Workout and and helping Operation Underground Railroad earn enough money to help these children in slavery and to give them a better life. If there's a road I should 